just getting warmed up by doing some one-handed push-ups with the microphone in my hand. One. Whoa, dude. You make that look so easy. <laughs> like, <laughs> they grunt. <sighs> it's awful to listen to in my ears. <sighs> so much bass. Five. <sighs> This is how he gets ready every right. every time. Every episode, is how I do it. <laughs> he does five one arm push ups with the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mock Stars Podcast. I'm here with my good friend Jordan Garcia. Yo, what up? And Christopher Ritter. Yo, what up? Uh, oh, oh, that's right. He's not here today. Uh, it's just Jordan and I, Evan, you're uh, one of your hosts. And today we're doing part two of the March of the Machine Madness. It is our part two of two of this limited little set review we're doing. And I'm talking so fast because we're going to go through it so fucking fast. This is the energy we're fucking bringing today. Who we're bringing today. So if you want to know more about the show, you can find all that, all those details in the description below. And uh, make sure to follow us on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up, subscribe, and stay tuned for more episodes. You can also find us on most every single podcast platform. Rate us on your podcast platform. Rate us on your podcast platform. Yes, we need it for the algorithm. The algorithm. Oh, praise the algorithm. All right, we don't have time for this shit. Evan, we're talking about black. Sorry, I got sidetracked. March Uh, of the Machines. Yep, we're diving right in. What are you starting with, Jay? Uh, All right, we are talking about... Let's just get the, the oh quick sidetrack hit me shout out to our new listener rick who just started playing magic what up rick they what up? welcome dude don't take the fact that we're jaded as a means to not get into magic it's a great game <laughs> all right i think uh each color we're already talking about all of these uh praters so we might as well just start there and get that freaking the easy one off oh yeah all right hit me with uh this little shouldered bitty all right five mana three and two black legendary creature phyrexian praetor it is a 4-5 with Menace, and then whenever it enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a non-token creature or planeswalker. You can pay 4 in a black, exile shielded, then return it, transformed as a saga. It is the true scriptures. The first trigger is going to be for each opponent, destroy up to uh, one target creature or planeswalker that player controls. Damn. The second, each opponent discards three cards, <laughs> then mills three cards. What the fuck? And the third one. Put all creatures from all graveyards onto the battlefield under your control. Would you like and to have a win condition in the command zone? And Yeah, and then you return it and flip it back over to Shieldred where oh, it says so when it enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a non-token creature or planeswalker. Dude, this would not be overpowered if you if it made you sacrifice and put it back in the command zone if this was your commander. No, it wouldn't be because it's Rise of the Dark Realms on the saga. That's what that third effect is. I will, so there's one caveat on the activation. There has to be eight or more cards in an opponent's graveyard for you to activate it. But other than that, that one very small minor caveat, this is fucking powerful. This is insane. I just don't. And when it flips, it makes everybody sack again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. It's like you will never keep anything on the board, and then I will just have everything. And yeah. you won't have to sack stuff because I'll own all the creatures. The big thing is here is that, like, we said it on the last episode, is that all these Praetors are self-sufficient in the way they feed themselves, right? Once you meet the conditions in order to flip it the first time, you're always going to be ha- you're always gonna have 
the conditions met to be able to flip it again. Right. So if you have five mana on that third trigger, which you should because it's the beginning of your turn, you can pay five, flip it again, and then for each opponent, destroy up to one target creature or planeswalker that player controls. Just, oh, like so they dirty. should still have eight cards in their graveyard because the, you already got the second trigger from the saga, which is each opponent discards three cards and then mills three cards. So like you're yeah. just feeding the graveyard and you're probably playing into a mill strategy. Could you imagine having like altars, like altar, uh, like... Oh, dude, Alter Dementia Ash, would be crazy. Alter and stuff yeah. like that. And you're just like sacrificing all the creatures you reanimated to flip it again. Yeah. Just like keep fucking going. Yeah. I, what I do like about what you said is like how they're all kind of self-sufficient and want to do their own thing and bring their own thing to the table. I th really, we're not exclusively talking about Commander, but these are great for Commanders because it lets you just build a whole deck to support this theme and strategy that's already happening. And for me, I love those kind of decks because it lets you play more of those unique cards because you're building into the ecosystem that this commander is already bringing to the table yes. instead of just kind of forcing a strategy or forcing those pet cards. Like this is a build around deck. And those are, I think are some of the most fun ones. Yeah. I think all of these, yeah, actually all these Praetors are probably like, probably are great build around decks. Like uh, this one for sure. I don't, know if this one has like uh, a weight well actually i don't know you know i was just thinking like where does this fit in in multiple formats because like standard pioneer and modern are i don't know if they're gonna like this but i think other shoulder is already just running the table right but hear me out on this right reanimation is such and reanimation and cheating things out is it's hot right now yes yeah it's like the craziest thing in the game and like people are playing those big fatty decks where you can just like reanimate Atraxa. Is this a better option than Atraxa? No. Are you going to waste your mythic slot in Arena on this? You probably shouldn't. Not with how many mythics that just came out. <laughs> yeah, but this is a really good target still if you're playing probably like a budget reanimator deck. Yeah, I, I think there's still room outside of Commander for this deck, for this card, but yeah, the other shoulder is too good. It's one mana cheaper with a way higher impact. Yeah, I just want everyone to like read this card again. You know, it's like five mana. Like, for this effect of a 4-5 menace that makes each opponent sacrifice a non-token creature or a planeswalker, like, it, that effect for 5 mana is insane. Yeah, totally. Right. I mean, we were just talking, like, in Historic, right? Ragavan's now legal. Mm -hmm. And we we're talking about that curve where it's just you get Ragavan on 1, you make the treasure on contact, so you get Fable on 2, you make your token. Next turn, you make contact with Ragavan, get the thing. Now, all of a sudden, instead of curving into the 4 on turn 3, you're curving into 5. So, usually, you'd be curving into the other 4 mana shouldered. But maybe now that that new turn three, five mana curve is available, maybe this will see kind of a line of play because that's a pretty devastating line there. Yeah. I like these card. This is not a bad card. Like it will. The thing is, is that it will be compared side to side with these other Praetors forever. Right. Like maybe a few years until it starts to stand in its own light. And when that does, like you're going to be looking at it now and you're going to go online. You're going to see the price. This card is less than ten dollars right now It's yeah. less than ten dollars. Wow. OK, so if you are interested in this in three years, I guarantee you it will not be less than $10. Mm -hmm. And but what I love is it does scale to Commander perfectly on the back side and on the front side. It says for each opponent on every ability. Yep, yep, yep. So yep. it really does give you that kind of control aspect in a four-player table. I will say, Evan, if we spend that much time on every single card, we are never going to get Well, these, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right. <laughs> but uh, last thing I'll say is if you haven't listened to our episode on MDFCs, uh, I will make it known that Wizards of the Coast has made a pretty solid statement that they do not plan to put double-faced cards into 
uh, pre-constructed decks. So there's a good chance that this won't see a reprint for a long time based on that principle that they've set in place. Yeah, when does another standard legal print of this come out? All right, next black card, Hoarding, Bro- Hoarding Broodlord. Hoarding Broodlord. Let me take the lead on this bad bitch. Sorry for swearing. Hoarding Broodlord, it is five, black, black, black. That's eight freaking mana, dog. Seven, six. It's a dragon. Why are we talking about this? It must be a bad card for eight mana. It must be a bad card. Eight mana cards are bad cards, right? Well, one has Convoke, which historically making things cheaper is just a disgusting ability across what? the board. It's a flying seven, six. So if you do have it out, it's a beater. Oh, yeah. Uh, and here's the sick ability. ETB, search a library for a card. That's it. Exile it face down, then shuffle. For as long as that card remains exiled, you may play it. Spells you cast from exile have convoke. And so we're clear, this is a separate, that last line is a separate line of text. If you do not control the Hoarding Broodlord, spells you cast from exile do not have convoke. No, but you will be able to play the spell you exiled with the ETB search trigger. You can still play it, yep. You can still play it. Okay, so one... Convoking it out very much on the table, and that's a very powerful effect to have in standard. You now have a demonic tutor in standard, uh, let alone stapled to such a huge body. Yeah. But where this really comes in is exactly what you were just saying on the last card, that reanimation is becoming a disgustingly viable strategy right now in our meta. Uh, and this is, I think, one of the best things you can reanimate. Um, it's already better than Shieldred. It's already better than Shieldred. It because wins the game. It, it wins you the game, right? A tutor... In most decks, an unconditional tutor is insane. Um, I want to bring this up with another card, which is Sawn Half. This is where I think Sawn Half really starts to shine. Um, and that's where this card, I think, really starts to shine. Because there's a line now, and I think it'll only keep getting better. Or figure out more. But a Sawn Half essentially lets you get two more triggers. So say this search trigger gets you Sawn Half. You then saw the dragon half getting two more search triggers. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. You now have two eight-mana creatures on the battlefield, correct? Well, then we get ourselves a sacrifice, which is a one-black instant that lets you sacrifice a creature and get black mana equal to its casting cost. And then you get a peer into the abyss, which happens to be seven mana? Yeah, it's seven. So less than eight mana. (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah, you get a free peer into the abyss. You get a free peer into the abyss. It's fucking awesome. And like the the ceiling just keeps going up and up. You know, like we put this in different colors. That's a mono black line that just pulls out a win. Yeah, yeah. I think the the beautiful part here is that um historically when you place peer into the abyss in a competitive format in CDH more than likely in eternal formats when you pull it off you win the game picking up half your library and paying half your life is such a paying half your life is such a low cost if you're at two you're paying one you're down to one but guess what you've just won the game because you picked up half your library so there's there's just so many different directions you can go you have so much more information you have so many more spells you're able to cast you could theoretically play a displacer kitten and keep flickering the broodlord if you didn't get what you need you know it's like you can still yeah. make those things happen like i see this like you were talking about saw in half right with this this is the combo right you're playing that um or what's that uh grixis commander that combos with saw in half already oh cormella cormella so like this card can go into cormella because you don't need to have cormella on the battlefield this is like redundancy because this just right. wins you the game yeah uh, i mean i even like to that extent, I'm actually looking at putting Sawn Half in more 
Trixis decks just for some of the flexibility. Um, like in Evelyn, for example, because it's two Evelyn triggers at a bare minimum. Mm-hmm. If you have a Dockside that's double Docksides, all that kind of stuff. I would love to find a deck that plays Hoarding Broodlord and like a very serious CDH line. Uh, just because I think with the reanimate, reanimator strategy is we're getting there. I think it's going to be really fucking good. I think it's I think it's here. I think you can. I, the time is now, right? They're not going to print anything better than Animate Dead or uh, Reanimate or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, you play this in your maybe you're already playing World Gorger lines. Maybe this is like a World Gorger potential World Gorger line. But um, we got anything. Last, last yeah, yeah. Last thought on this is I just want to say like with. Say in like a CDH deck, the amazing thing is the spell has Convoke, right? So you get to get that sacrifice and you get to cast a sacrifice just by tapping the dragon. So you can yes. fully commit, you can fully tap out by one black mana to entomb something, one black mana to reanimate the Hoarding Broodlord, and that is all the mana you need to get where you're going. Yes, that's, like, a, that's a big thing here. Is oh, he's sorry, gonna, you need one more mana because you'll have to tap it to cast uh, the Son Half. Right, yeah, as long as he comes in untapped, he can contribute to the to the mana for the spell yeah because he's black yeah so god i just think that's such a viable line the ability to have convoke in addition to the tutor is just really what sends this above into a viably viable cdh card for me okay we can move on now that's all i have for black cards but i know you've got a couple more i might have one more worth talking about and that's just because uh these invasions these uh battles are new and uh, this one's kind of cool it's uh invasion of innistrad it is a flash five defense counter uh, battle. And it says uh, ETB target creature and opponent controls gets neg 13, neg 13. But then on the backside of it, I wanted to note that it's an enchantment that when he flips, e- uh, ETB makes two zombies. And then two in a black, you can exile a card from a graveyard. If it was a creature card, make a two, two zombie. Yeah, this won us a game in two headed giant. It did. Um, Notably, this just really feels like a standard legal grave grave titan to me, which I think is kind of cool. Like grave titan seems like a good card. Yeah, I think that you're not too far off here because um, if there's any way to flicker this, you can continue abusing it. Totally. Uh, you know, it's not like it's not grave grave titan because grave titan is, <laughs> is no. Yeah, you know, like enters two zombies, attacks two zombies. But this also has the upside of like uh, what Lion Sash does, where it has that incidental just like burning on an opponent's graveyard, uh, just like keep them off. That yeah. Kind of stuff. I mean, we see how powerful graveyard trespasser is, right? Graveyard trespasser on like steroids here. Like that's unreal. I never thought trespasser would be so good, you know? So like these effects have really actually have created more value. I've seen more value in them now that I saw trespasser work. Yeah. Getting value plus exile, you know, or like value on top of an exile effect is really an ability. I want to start seeing more of because it's necessary for how good graveyards are, but you need to make it good enough to encourage people to play such things. Right. Because, like, we're still barely playing Lion Sash, and it's a good card. Yeah, it's, God, less than a dollar. All right. Sad. That was all. I just wanted to bring that up. I I think it's more of, like, people paying mana. If you have to pay mana into the ability, it stops them from doing the things they need to do on their turn. It says, I'm playing on my back foot, where Trespasser is like, I'm going to be hella aggro. I'm going to punch you in the fucking face. Right. And I'm going to exile a card, and you're going to take away your card advantage, stuff like that. Like, because you were just talking about that Grixis card, body... Or oh, uh, uh, corpse appraiser, yeah, oh, like is an unreal like uh, value engine. Fucking right awesome, now. yeah. And the fact that it's it also does that. It's like it 
is not only a greedy graveyard feeding deck, but it also exiles the card yeah. to stop other people from doing it. Feels really good to hit people's squeeze and pe- hit people's oh. uh, Phoenix chicks. Jesus right Christ. Now. Yeah, it's really good. Um, all right. Fuck it. Let's move Moving on. on. We're Moving talking on. about red. Red. Uh, Got to talk about one of the uh, token chase mythics here, right? Chand- uh, Chandra. Hope's Beacon. Let's do it. Let's freaking do it. This is why we play magic to spend $20 on a card that'll eventually be five. Yep. This is four and two red legendary planeswalker Chandra. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. This ability triggers only once each turn. Plus two. Add, and this is adding two loyalty counters to uh, Chandra. Add two mana in any combination of colors. Plus one. Exile the top five cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may cast an instant or sorcery spell from among those exiled cards. And then minus X. Chandra Hope's Beacon deals X damage to each of up to two targets. We know that's a powerful ability. She starts with five loyalty. Before I go on, um, Jeez. we know that's a powerful ability. That minus X, we saw it on uh, Jessica, like yeah. distributing, you know, to th- deal X damage to three targets, like not divided. Yeah. Like, the fact that you don't have to divide the damage is really where it's like, oh, what? I, I'm kind of into this card. Like one, I just want to know, I'm noticing that like we're starting to get higher CMC cards again. But they're actually worth it for once. Yes. Which I love. Fuck yeah. That's where we should what we should be doing. Um but yeah, like this is a fucking great card. The static ability is low-key underrated because for one less mana, people play double vision, which is what exactly what this is. Yes. Um but the plus creates mana. The other plus gets you card advantage. The negative is removal. Is all three things you want to be doing in a game of magic on on one cre- on one permanent. Yeah. But addition to that, you also get to twin your first spell every turn. So this is a pretty solid card, I think. Um, but addition, like I play, I play in Hello, so I'm pl- I'm looking at it with a lens because this is a fucking awesome in Hello card. Yeah, we see like I think looking down the scope, right? Like this is a great card. It reads r- like it does a lot of really great things like Chandra's awakened and like Chandra awakened Inferno, like is also six mana also has that static ability can't be countered. And then it just puts those emblems on a player better that don't. (laughs) Yeah. So is that better than this? I think, I think this is a better commander planeswalker um, because I think those emblems are a lot more negligible in commander, but in one V one, obviously the other Chandra just fucking wins games. It's uncounterable and it just burns you out. This just, this is scales a little better for me. Yeah, I will dare to agree with you on the better for commander and only for the reason that Oko is hated, right? Chandra is also hated, right? The the idea of getting one of those emblems is hey, a people night- hate it. It's a nightmare. <laughs> people are so fucking salty about it. Right. They go, my rest of the game, this is my life. Like upkeep i just lose a life only have 38 more of those even if you eliminate the player the emblems stay which is just disgusting that's so. why i want you to have like physical emblems so you're just like you hold on to this i'll come get it after i'm done <laughs> yeah and that the problem is is that I, I i'll say this this one is better because the other one has such a negative feels bad to the rest of the table that this one could actually survive a go around the table the other one won't yeah. Oko doesn't sur- survive totally. go around the table, you know? This like, was just very much, hey, I'm just trying to do my thing. It fucking ramps. I need some card advantage. I'm in red, low-color red decks. Like, just let me let me you do can, my thing. You can politics your way out of this. Yeah. Thing. 
And then all of a sudden you twin your first spell after ramping to eight mana and fucking just destroying everybody. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, you'll twin something like an exsanguinate for yeah. 14. Yeah. What I love about this is it's not an instant or sorcery. So within hello, I can cast this and then follow up, especially because she ramps me by two. Um, well, her, her first trigger is whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, copy it. Right, no, but I'm oh. saying she is not one. So oh, like in Hello, I always right. run to the issue of like, I want to run a twin spell, but that nerfs the in Hello trigger. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So this kind of actually gets around that, so I'm very excited about that potential. Nice. Um, I think that's pretty much all I need to say about it, though. Uh, right. Moving on down the line here. Yeah, we have an exciting new Praetor, and uh, finally, the respect has been given. Oh, my bad. I didn't even start with my whole fucking... Hey, hey we here, we here. My structure... Instantly fell apart. All right, hit me. <laughs> we got Urbrask in red. Two and two red legendary creature. Phyrexian Braider. A four four first strike. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, Urbrask deals one damage to target opponent. Add a red mana. Pay a red mana. Exile Urbrask and return to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control. Activate only uh, as a sorcery and only if you've cast three or more instants and or sorcery spells this turn. That seems really good. Front side, that seems that seems really good. Pretty I think it's easier than the I don't know, maybe not easier than the shouldered, but there I think it's more difficult because you definitely need to have card advantage in order to flip it. But let's read the backside. The you great work. The saga that Urbrass turns into. First trigger, the great work deals three damage to target opponent and each creature they control. Jesus. Second trigger, create three treasure tokens. Third trigger, until end of turn, you may cast instants and sorcery spells from any graveyard. If a spell cast this way will be put into a graveyard, exile it instead, exile the great work, and then return it to the battlefield. <laughs> All right, this is crazy. So it goes back to Urbrask. So let me just play out a scenario here for you, right? Uh, everyone is hyped on this card. It is over $15 right now. To I get. think that this is the most fun one for sure. Yeah, I, I think I, I would have wagered that it's the most powerful one. I don't know if that's true anymore. I th like. It, I think I agree with that. It's the lowest to the ground, right? So I mean, it just does the most. Like a one-sided uh, anger of the gods, followed by three treasure tokens, yeah. which is like, yeah, you know, thirty percent of your dockside ETBs. Uh, and then the third one is just a fucking Yogmoth's will. Yeah, you remember? You remember uh, what were you just saying about Chandra, where she gives you card advantage removal and yeah, you know, like and mana like this is what Urbrass does this is what this is what red is doing in its own specific way its own unique way so uh let me give you a scenario here you rattle off a few instants and sorceries and Urbrask just refills your mana pool with that triggered ability dealing damage to each or to target opponent adding that mana and then you fire off your third one Urbrask puts another red mana in your pool and you use that red mana because it has no restrictions at all to flip Urbrask and return it to the battlefield transformed. You're going to deal three damage to target opponent each creature they control. Congrats, you've wiped the board. Great. One-sided board wipe. And then on the second one, create those three treasure tokens. They're going to stick around because you're going to need them when you cast when you go into the third trigger. And you're able to cast instants and sorceries, which you've already cast three minimum because you flipped Urbrask. You're going to go ahead and you're going to have three treasures in order to cast them again. And uh, by the way, Urbrask is going to be exiled and returned to the battlefield. So every incident and sorcery spell that you cast from the graveyard is going to trigger that ability again, giving you more mana. Yeah, you get 
Yogwill triggers and then flips into Bergy. Yes. That's pretty much how that works. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's a great way to put it. So let's say you go ahead and now that you can cast instants and sorceries from everybody's graveyards, you cast three more. And guess what? Urbrax is going to give you uh, red mana after you do that. Where would you possibly get three instants and sorceries from? You got me. All the graveyards that you can now (laughs) cast from. Well, let's say you go ahead and you cast three more instants and sorceries and you got a red mana from because Urbrass is going to give that shit to you. You pay a red mana, you exile him, you flip him over again, you deal three more damage to each opponent and each creature they can. Right as they started rebuilding, just last turn. Just (laughs) nope, another board wipe. It's self sufficient. This is that cycle I'm talking about where Urbrask feeds himself so well because in order to meet the conditions to flip him in the first place. He gives you on that third trigger the ammunition to flip him again with God. literally the the wheel has already been greased, right? It's it's just an automatic thing. I think this design is a little crazy where it's like you get to that third saga or the, the saga trigger there and flip him back over. That's where it feels a bit broken, which is why this is a minimum $15. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for this. I really want to build mono red commander or mono red or a brask for God, you should. For commander. It's it, so fucking cool. It's unbelievably good. I just I I will say I think these cards are very fun mechanically. I think they're very fun, and I think this is the coolest one because it's that static ability is not irrelevant to what the backside does. Where like for say shouldered is just an ETB sack effect. This is like like I said, it's. Yogg's will, which then flips back over, and it's like, oh, that ability that's there is not just apropos of everything else that just happened on the backside of the saga. Right. It's fully like just gassing you. It's um, I've never well, I know that Elish Norn will win you the game, right? You're creating five three threes that have double strike. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you put thirty power on the board, yeah. you should win the game. And then if you flip her back over, you can fl- do it again, and then have th- five more. Uh, three threes with double strike. So, uh, this is just so much more interesting to me. Well, notably, this kills those five, those five three threes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love to hear it. So, uh, this wipes the board. This is like Urbrask's final call, which notably Urbrask did not die in March of the Machines on screen. So, there's the chance that he still survives, where all the other predators did. Spoiler alert: die on screen. Um, I would like I finally this is a character who has been put to shame like has not give, been given the respect that uh, he deserves and finally we see it here given the full respect while he is a 4-4 he does not have haste but he's potentially replaced with a better like a better keyword first strike I'm so glad we just like okay he doesn't need to have haste as an identity right <laughs> he can do other cool things I will say that uh, Urbrask Heretic Praetor from New Capenna is better than I thought it was. Thank you, Chris, for not Chris Ritter, Chris Terrell. Thank you for showing me how good it can be by kicking my ass with it. Um, but it, it just definitely did not feel like it was strong enough to be considered one of the five Praetors. But this does. Yeah. Anyway, this uh, this is king, I think, of these Praetors. Yes. Um, but other than that, I don't have anything about this. I have one last red card to, uh, you know, fire off real quick and we'll move on. Yep. Uh, I got it, one after that too. Just roll, roll. Oh, you do yours yeah. first. Okay. 
Atali Primal Conqueror. Okay. Is this the one you were going to talk about? Nope. Oh, sick. Okay. So <laughs> five, five and two red legendary dinosaur, elder dinosaur notably. Uh, seven, seven with trample. When Atali Primal Conqueror enters the battlefield, each player exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card. You may cast any number of spells from among the non-land cards exiled this way without paying their mana costs. And Atali does not just have red identity. He also has a green identity because you can pay nine and a green Phyrexian to transform a Tali activate only as a sorcery and he turns into what people are calling bite steel colossus mm. it is an 11 11 trample indestructible that deals combat damage to a player they get that many poison counters so if you're not familiar 10 poison counters ends the game i love that it's 11 so if you block it with a 1 1 you're still fucked yeah i love that yeah so um most notably i want to say that atali here is a great a great piece to have in the command zone because it is a great food chain outlet. Yeah. If you can get food chain assembled, you win the game. Yeah. I think it's super cool. Even if you don't have Blightsteel on the back, I think it's still a very cool card. I just saw what happens when you have four of them in a deck and like outside of commander, uh, it's this reanimator deck that's playing it. And it was so cool. The first Atali trigger revealed an Atali. So he just played it for free, <laughs> sacking the first one and got to just go again. I'm telling you, we're going to get to the multicolored spell that makes that possible in a second uh but yes um i absolutely love this card and i think it's just son half and not telly not what he's just talking about but right crazy this is really fun i think it's a fucking awesome card yeah that's all i got on that um sweet that is also have all i have on that i am trying to make a habit of bringing up at least one color or one of each one battle excuse me of each color so let's talk about this one that i find interesting invasion of Carsis. It is two red red for a four defensive battle. I don't know how to say this yet. Defense counters is what it is. It's just four loopy. Yeah. They should. I don't. I, it's awkward. It's I wonky. could gripe about it all day. I just don't even care. It's a four thing thing. So <clears throat> when it ETBs, it deals three damage to each creature and each planeswalker, which is a pretty solid mono red wipe right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, anger of the gods a little bit more wider scope but yes yeah and it doesn't hit players but yes um flip that bad boy over though and it is a four four ward pay to life with a pretty sick ability that just says when you cast a spell it deals two damage to each opponent huh? just a pretty fucking like blankly good ability yeah if you no pulled, caveats if you pulled this into at a giant you good game uh yeah you you win because it says each opponent. So every time you cast a spell, <laughs> four life loss. That's actually gross. <laughs> yeah, we lost to it. <laughs> yeah, we did lose to that. Yeah, we, we got fucking fried to that. Yeah, we got fried by this card twice. It's yeah. not even like it was obviously it's not that we're not thinking about two at a giant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's one thing for us to get fried by it once, but the board wipes were out. Oh my like, god, that is so true though. They were so out for us on uh on that day. But. Um but anyway, I just think it's a cool card. Like we're talking about these mono red storm decks, right? Like they're becoming better and better and better. Um red is just a crazy color, full of gas and potential these days. This seems like a cool payoff, you know. We still want to burn people out and find a way to kill them. This is like Gives me Magecraft vibes, but without needing to to be Magecraft. Yeah, I think the backside is incredible. Yeah, like that's that. mostly what I'm I'm going for is that backside. That back ability is just crazy, but the fact that it's like yo board wipe and then eventually I'll just work my way to that when I want it. Right. Yeah, Anything which I think on that? I just think that is in general just the upside of these battles is finding that like like you don't need the flip to, for it to be good. 
but if you flip it, you know, you get that added ability. Right. And uh, timing is everything, right? So um, these battles, notably like the defense counters or whatever you want to call them, the health points on this thing, um, like uh, there are now effects that say, you know, when you say any target, they become more valuable, right? When you say, when you say destroy target non-land permanent, that effect has now become more valuable, right? Mm-hmm. These battles can stick around and actually be flipped at a more convenient time for you and when the board state is more in your favor to like go off so refraction elemental is the backside i think that like when you finally flip this you're gonna have card advantage enough to just rifle off like and end the game right and i like that you know you like you said you get to choose when you do it so that's like i will make sure that i don't have to cast any spells or anything first i just get to swing flip pop off yeah it's kind of a non-bow with like the way mono red is right now where they're like phoenix chick and you know like one drops and like that's great because that triggers the when you trigger the backside yes you're gonna deal two damage every single time you do it but is the thundering raiju the thing that's gonna like i guess yes it will survive the blast and flip this thing over so you can get that four four on the back and then do you just recast all of your stuff yeah i just don't know if that's that deck to me this yeah. is like more of a spell slinger deck um that's why i think this is going to find a tough it's going to be hard for it to find a home in anything other than like commander for sure for sure because yeah it's not a mono red card now that i think about it and like at least in standard when you say it like that yeah definitely would have to have other cards supporting it i just don't think there's like a spell slinger archetype that's viable right now in yeah. like a standard meta so not enough speed not enough not when yeah like you said phoenix chick and all that shit it just just dies to this all right but uh that's fucking it let's move on all right moving on to the weakest praetor in the set and the worst color in (laughs) shut up (laughs) sorry i love green okay foreign clacks hi foreign clacks hi foreign clacks would you like to read yourself uh hi i'm I am Vorinclex. I'm constantly depressed because I am part of the worst color. But we have a cool new body. Let's check this out. Three green green for just straight up Vorinclex. Six six. Trample reach. ETB. Search a library for two forest cards. Put them into your hand and not even on the battlefield. Oh, absolute. Oh my. God. Absolute laws, bro. I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you. This is the first time I'm going to be honest. This is the first time I'm reading this card. Me too. And I thought it was bad, but that's really fucking bad. Oh my God. That's really bad. Think about all of the other Praetors we've already talked about. This is already. Wait, let's read the backside so we know. Let's hope it feeds itself, right? All right, you're right. So to make this redeemable, let's spend eight mana and we will flip it over (laughs) after spending five mana to get. Let's spend eight more mana for a total of 13 <laughs> to then do what? We'll mill ten, we will mill 10 cards, and then we'll put two cards from among those 10 onto the battlefield. Eesh. Okay, that's... Already a nerfed ability from the past of putting him from your graveyard onto the You battlefield. should just be able to pull any creature from the graveyard. So I hope you don't fucking whiff for spending 13 mana. You better have two creatures in the top 10, otherwise you're absolutely fucked. Yeah. Okay, then we'll distribute seven plus one plus one counters among any number of creatures you control. Hope your pan- opponent doesn't have a one mana bounce spell to completely <laughs> undo that. Um, three, until end of turn... Each creature or creatures you control gain pay one mana, so you have to spend more mana to make this good. This creature fights target creature you don't control. 
Oh my god! And then return this back, and then you get to search your library for two more. You lands. do get to search for two more forests that go right <laughs> to your hand. Don't put them on the battlefield. Um, what the fuck? So you have to get all the way here. We've already invested thirteen. Now you have to spend an additional mana to have a creature fight a creature, right? So that is one creature removed from the battlefield. I would like to point you to shoulder that we just discussed. Yes. <laughs> How many more creatures get removed for so much less mana? Yep. Oh my God, this is bad. This doesn't do like, so you know how for a long time, I think we looked at blue and green and we're like, okay, blue and green is outrageous. You know, like Oko came out and then we're just like, they're running the format. You know, you mm -hmm. get Kin in, you're just like, that was the competitive scene, right? And, and there so was they like, were like, with at the black too, like, you know, mm -hmm. we had that, that was running for a long time. And they were like, we need to like questing beast too. It was like crazy. So they were like, you know what? We need to actually bolster white make green weaker so let's do it and let's commit to it for they three years they committed all right white good green bad yes that's what they're trying to do obviously there's still great green cards we're going to talk about a couple like beyond this right but this by far is the worst of the praetors and i i'm a liar i'm a liar Right, I'm not lying about what I just said. But what I am lying about is the fact that all these praetors are self-sufficient. Let's just say that four of the five <laughs> are self-sufficient because if let's just say if Vorinclex entered the battlefield, search for two forests, basic forests. Let's just say basic forests, right? Just to like nerf it a little bit and put them onto the battlefield tapped. What that would do is set you up so that you could have you would have eight mana if you hit your land drop, so you could flip. Vorinclex and get to the saga on the backside, right? That makes sense. Makes sense. And Green likes not, to hit their land drops. It is not overpowered. No. Not even in the slightest. Not when you flip it over at all. Right. So you're going to pay eight mana, take a full fucking turn off, and you're going to go ahead and trigger this mill tank cards, put two creatures from among them. So yeah, you better not whiff on hitting your Atraxa. Your whole deck is going to be full of fatties because you want this you're playing this card. Right. Right? You want this ability to work. But like, let's say you get one. I think you're going to get one. Right? Okay, a land war elf. Great. You pay eight mana for one. Past the turn, I'm tapped out. Don't do anything to my one creature. I need that next turn because I'm about to put seven plus one plus one <laughs> cutters on something. I hope you don't fucking remove that. Yeah, the one mana bounce <laughs> spell is way too common. You know, like fading hope. Yeah, you're going to like... It's more than just a name. It's a feeling. Yes. Oh, I know. It's so yeah. aptly named. Yep. And then you get to the third one. It's like, finally, I have my, you know, my creature. I put the seven counters on it. You know, pay the one. I fight one thing. Uh, better hope you don't have that fucking bounce spell. Oh, Jesus Two Christ. In your hand. Just terrible. It, okay. Terrible. And then here's the thing. Is that like the other Praetors, when they flip back over, they gave you the gas you needed in order to flip it again. You are probably gonna have eight mana because you had it in the first place so enters the battlefield get two more lands go ahead and flip it again you get two more creatures guess what they probably don't have haste or they probably don't have the, you don't have the innate ability down to do that are you gonna you know like are you gonna tutor out a concordant crossroads or are you gonna leave that to you know lady luck to make sure you get that in your opening hand oh, you know like that that's what we're looking at here is like there's a lot of setup like and it's not even like justifiable at all. Mm -hmm. There's no justified setup here that would allow this to be a good card ever. What's funny is like at four, we think Yasharn's great. Like Yasharn fucking cracks, and it yeah. does essentially the same thing on its face. 
And then it also slows the game down. And then it also slows the game down. Its other ability is still better than all of the other shit stapled to the backside of this card. Yes. <laughs> it is actually combat. Insane. Like, I just hate to say it, unless you're playing stacks, combat doesn't win games anymore. Like, it just, like, the aggressive strategy, 40 life and commander, you're not going to get there. Like, I'm sorry, they're going to stop you before you get there. One yep. board wipe completely opens the game up because you're going to need to take two or three turns to reset because your creatures don't have the innate ability of having haste. Uh, I, like, I hate this, right? So let's move on. And that's our time. We spent so much time shitting on Vorinclax that we have no time left. He sucks. Like, just, <laughs> He's so bad. Just like think about it. Just even for a second, like, could you make it good? No, I can't no, make it I've good. I've been thinking about it. I can't make it good. Like, why didn't they make Invasion of Kaldheim green so that you could abuse his ability to like discard forests or discard lands to like deal two damage to any target? And that fits with the whole Ren and Realm Breaker thing. Yeah, too. Yes. Nah, 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 nah. Well, speaking of Ren and Realm Breaker. Speaking of Ren and when in, when in Ren. all right one and two green when in ram for legendary planeswalker ren uh static ability is great lands you control have tap and one mana of any color uh that's what the world tree does if anyone didn't know uh i didn't yeah story spotlight here ren uh merges with realm breaker whoa is that why wow he's like inside of him right realm now? breaker is the phyrexianized world tree whoa boom so you need to know like three layers of lore to understand yeah, what's yeah, going on you know guy. three words got it. all right okay uh plus one up to one target land you control becomes a three three elemental creature with vigilance hexproof and haste until your next turn it's still a land. We know that ability is good. We saw it on Nissa, who shakes the world. Except those lands did not stop being creatures, which was bu- 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 busted. True. Uh, minus two mill three cards. You may put a permanent card from among the milled cards into your hand. Among the milled cards. It is just the great nerfing of green. I will say this one is just better than Vorinclex because you don't. Oh. There's no circumstance other than it just being a permanent. It's a three mana card. The static ability is already better than anything Vorinclex has to offer. Uh, and you didn't have to pay 13 mana to do it. It actually plus one actually generates the creature you're looking for to this first place. <laughs> Next two gives card advantage. The next seven, go ahead. You get an emblem with you may play lands and cast permanent spells from your graveyard. And yet another Yogwill. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Uh, notably, here's the deal. Uh, everyone loves green cards that double things and doubling season uh, is great with this. You're instantly going to get that ultimate so that you can. And at three mana to come down and like alt out of that. That's kind of fucking crazy. Yeah. So now for the rest of the game, you can play lands. It actually and is cast a- permanent spells from your graveyard because guess what? It's a permanent spell. So even if you did kill it, like by ulting, like your opponents kill it. It's like, oh, sweet. I'll just cast it again. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a green Yogwill, but better because it hits anything. They don't get exiled. And you have it for the rest of the game. Like, that is fucking insane, actually. Yeah, that actually, I think I'm pretty sure that wins the game. Maybe that's why it's $40. Cheese. Yeah. I just always figure that rent is $40 no matter what. Um, okay, that's all for green. Just kidding. Uh, I obviously keep talking about these battles because they... Well, there's there's one that's exceedingly good. The, the Zendikar one? No, I'm just kidding. It's obviously the Evasion of Incoria. It's... It's uh, the one card you like. Yeah. It's Finale of Devastation. Yeah, Finale of Devastation. It's an extremely good green card. 
Yes. This is a slightly less good green card. Yeah, it's X and two green. Uh, so same as finale. Uh, it's a battle siege. When invasion of Ikori enters the battlefield, search your library and or graveyard for a non-human creature card with mana value X or less and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle. Ooh, make sure to shuffle it. Uh, okay, so, I mean, I was hyping this up before, and I still feel like it is great, but it's not, like, great, you know? No, the hype on it, so here's the thing. The hype on it was big i think that when the set came out it dropped for less than five dollars and so if you bought it for less than five dollars congratulations it won't be less than five dollars but it rose to 15 and then it stopped Mm -hmm. and now it's back down to 10 so we don't really know what's happening with this card and its fluctuation how powerful it is because it has six defense counters as well and it flips into Zilth, uh, Zalotha, Apex of Ikoria. So that's our first actual canon sight, seeing, sighting, seeing. We're seeing it for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Zalotha, an 8-8 reach for each non-human creature you control. You may have that creature assign its combat damage as though it weren't blocked. So it ends the game. Great, right? Because you just went and searched for a creature that's going to help you do that. Um. There's no benefits of pumping infinite mana into it. No, yeah, you don't get that top end of doing it. It still does hit from the graveyard too, which is great. And obviously just these two battlefield creature tutors are generally very powerful. Um, but we're actually at a point where I think that you that you only have so many slots in your deck. We're at a point where there are so many good options that I don't even know if this actually fits in. Like, where in your decks, in your Naya decks, in your Simic decks, do you find another spot for this? Obviously, you're not taking out Finale Devastation. You still have, you know, your Eldritch Evolutions that's got to stay in there. It's way better. Like, it is way better. So I just don't know where this is going to fit in because we're already not playing Green Sun Zenith. Yeah, when you're talking about, you know, like, fitting in, I'm sitting over here and I'm shaking my head because there is no... Like, there is no slot for this, yeah. right? We don't play Green Sun Zenith. We don't play fucking Summoner's Pact. Like, there's a ton, like, very few decks do. Yeah. You know, like, there's now, like, I'll talk about it in Multicolor, but now there's a deck that I'm interested in building that, you know, does benefit from Summoner's Pact. So, you know what? Hell, I might go fucking put it in the deck. Like, that It seems like a good, like, a really great idea to win the game. Like, uh, but this, the amount of mana I have to sink into it, not great yeah it's like the the evolution cards let you cheat the mana obviously at the cost of sacrificing a body and then the devastation already has so much top end to offer you right like outside of that ability that's like flipping this over after dealing six damage to this you're never gonna fucking do that yeah like uh, the finale devastation uh obviously great card saw it right off the bat um the thing is if you have infinite mana it just says you win the game you go search for anything and you yeah. win the game. Like yeah, this does. doesn't have that top end, which is a problem um, for its value and how it contributes to the competitive of what meta and how that's going to shape out. Like I, I can see where people might like tech this in. Hey, it's another tutor. Like, hey, I can pay four mana and have a do- a dock side. Yeah, I just think you're at the point now. It's like you're probably mono green if you're playing this. Like yep. maybe like low color, depending. Low color green decks, like two color green decks, maybe. It does have that limit where it says non-human. They're they're like obviously drawing that line in the sand because you know that was part of the theme of Ikoria. It's like right humans and oh non-humans. that's right that's right. But here, notably, it does restrict you from grabbing like certain combo pieces. So 
like in if you're playing five colors and you want to play this like i'm not going to do that i've got to play yeah no no there's no way nope i'm gonna play quarter calling instead too many good cards exist for you to be playing five colors in this card that's not good enough yes this is not even like top 300 cards for you to be playing (laughs) <laughs> there you go that's that is the statement if you want to label a tag this card with a statement it is it is not even in the top 300 cards that you should be playing in commander boom you can quote me on that all right fuck green let's move on unless you have anything else ozolith is cool but that's it oh yeah ozolith uh that's that that's it though. yeah that's it okay if you want to know what it does go fucking look it up online yep all right colorless we're talking about sword of wants and future I honestly feel the same way as we, because we're completing two cycles now. You know what I'm realizing that we're completing the Omnath cycle and we're completing the sort of blank and blank cycle. Hey, and I feel the same way about both of them. I just don't care by the end of it. I actually, I, yeah, I didn't really care for Forge and Frontier. I don't think it's a great card. It yeah. might be good in standard. I don't know. I just think we, you know, we saw like kind of like the fall or the rise of it, like the hype of it. Same with Omnath. Everybody got on that hype train. We love seeing the swords. We started playing a ton of them. And like, it's so exciting when new ones come out and it's just like years of like lackluster mechanics and stuff. It's like a lazy design. Yeah, exactly. It's lazy design and just like, you know, and then therefore like, I'm not super interested in it. Like the last Omnath, not super interested in it. New Omnath, not super interested in it. Um, I will say, I do think this sword is probably better than the last two swords that came out. Yeah. I like, uh, yeah. Hearth and Home and Forge and Frontier. Yeah, I think Hearth and Home. Because they're Naya cards. Hearth and Home. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, like, a great example is Hearth and Home. Like, look how generic this fucking card is. Like, you were like, we need to put some mechanics on this card because, dude, my homework was due yesterday, apparently. So, like, I don't know. Uh, look for a land in ETB. I don't know. Good? Okay. Oh, God. That seems like it's powerful enough. Um and then so this one too it's uh basically it's uh what's that card it's two blue mana uh instant from guilds of ravnica but it's uh surveil two and then you may cast an instant or sorcery from your graveyard the, oh yeah um, with mana mission, to last. like mission br- briefing? briefing yeah yeah so mission briefing yes great memories we have on it we did it uh so this is basically a repeatable mission briefing. It says, whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, surveil two, then you may cast an instant or sorcery spell with mana value two or less from your graveyard without paying its cost. That's exactly what mission briefing does. If that spell will be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. Uh, so notably, all these swords cost three mana. They equip for two. That is like the little tagline. You know, that's how we characterize them. Uh, equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from blue and black. So now we have 10 of these. And I think uh, to like reinforce your point of like Omnath and the sword cycle finishing, at one point or another in these cycles, they created a version that was so powerful, Feast and Famine, Yep. Omnath, uh, four color, four color Omnath, and they went, oops, and then they dialed it way back to be like, <laughs> yeah, we can't really do that again because... Um, those cards are ninety dollars. We, yeah, you know, it's well that you know, like that's kind of like the yeah. deal. Is like these cards are so powerful, we're having to ban them in formats so that uh, they can't be abused anymore. So yeah. untap all your lands and make somebody discard a card is fucking insane. Yeah, you know, it's like really hard to justify creating putting that 
level of effect on every single one. So for sure, for sure. And I'm not asking for like tons of power level, nor do I think they should be that powerful, but like, I will say this is more unique because like you said, it is just a different card stapled to this effect. Yes. But I will say that this sword is inherently more interesting to me than Sword of Hearth and Home and anything like that. Forge and Frontier was very boring. Yeah. Like this is like actually a good ability. Casting something from your graveyard is a great ability and it's an attack trigger on a spell slinger kind of effect. Or combat damage trigger. Yeah, sorry. A combat damage trigger. So you're, but you're attacking. Like it's a combat focused ability with, you know, a spell slinger effect and it's like there's a dichotomy there that I find interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's definitely more interesting than fucking flicker and search for a basic yeah fuck yourself well even after that the only thing i've ever asked and the only thing i've ever wanted you can record that that's on record record is for chris ron to finish the fucking cycle the last two why why quick question why i'm pissed i'm freaking pissed too dude it's like maybe that's when i officially checked out yeah you you can you can clearly see that this artist like uh wanted to emulate and give her pay respect to chris ron they did their best i I mean, they're like, I mean, I get it is beautiful. It's fine. It's a great, it's a good artwork. The fortune frontier was not good, but (laughs) this one is at least good enough to where you can go. Yeah. "Eh, Shout out to the other artists, the fortune frontier artists for making truly a depressing piece of artwork to look at. Made me really want Chris Ron back. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that it wasn't offensive. Baby, come back. All right. Last colorless thing to talk about. It's better than this card. It's called realm breaker the invasion tree i believe evelyn was talking there's some relation to ren uh ren and rem <laughs> one in <and> rem <laughs> classic mock stars bit all right <laughs> all right um this is a three mana bitch it's a legendary artifact let's go uh two you tap it target opponent mills three cards and you get to put a land card from their graveyard onto the battlefield Tap. Hey, this is that limitation that we were lifted. Uh, yeah, limited or they lifted the limitation for a colorless card. Yes. So green gets fucking nerfed and they have to get they have to get lucky. They have to roll that fucking wheel and hopefully they get the right ticker. Yeah. But this is just mill it and freaking rip it in colorless for less mana. I'm still mad about it. Anyway, this is really cool because you were paying two mana to steal people's lands. Yeah, and notably it says land in their graveyard. So had they already used a fetch, guess what? You have a fetch waiting for you yeah. in their graveyard, and you may have milled their underworld breach, which is a you know like a really great side effect to that. Oh, yeah. You know? So it keeps gassing itself, right? It keeps fueling the potential to keep hitting lands. But on top of that, you're just fucking up strategies. Um, you are also enabling underworld breach if you do not hit underworld breach. There is also that. Um, but like, God, that's just a really good colorless ability, dude. I fuck with that. Yeah. And it doesn't even stop there. Well, uh, to finish that line of text, it also says that land gains. If this land would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. So it does keep you from abusing the same fetch over and over again from your opponents. Um, but it also says you can pay 10 mana, tap it, sacrifice it, and then search your library for any number of Praetor cards, put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Were we just talking about really good Praetor cards? 
we were but i'll be honest i read 10 and tap and i stopped reading i didn't even know that yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's a riff on the world tree so this is realm breaker is the fire exionized world tree from the story and oh and the world tree puts all the gods into play this yes okay yes so uh though it is 10 colorless mana instead of requiring double wooberg so a little bit a little bit better you can you can see it. That's right? just never happening. You can but see the it, right? two tap steal a land, I think, is awesome. I think it'll happen. I, it won't, but that is awesome. I mean, yeah, you have to build a deck that tries to get that that much mana and have enough praters to make it even worthwhile. Uh, all you got to do is play stacks. That's true. Yeah. Another quote, another pull quote for this episode. <laughs> yeah. You just got to play stacks and you'll win fucking game. All right, fucking Christ, we have one last category to get through and that is multicolor. It's multicolor. And then after today, we will never talk, speak of, or think about this set again. I'm exhausted, dude. Uh, I want to throw up. All right, moving on. We have Baral and Kari Zev. I think this is a fun nifty little commander here. Um, it's obviously you can play it in other formats and shit, uh, but it's a three mana human that does some interesting stuff surprisingly not a wizard i don't know why it says uh one blue red for a legendary creature human first strike menace two four whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell each turn you may cast a spell with lesser mana value that shares a card type with it from your hand without paying its mana cost i'm still looking for the card sorry go ahead well that's right i'm reading you can hear it um historically cheating mana cost very good love to see it uh if you don't do that, you get to create First Mate Ragavan, a legendary 2-1 red monkey pirate creature token. Does not make a treasure when he attacks. That's all he does. But he does gain haste until end of turn. Um, I think there's some pretty interesting potential here. Like, you know, just like lots of gross spell slingery value. Playing a five mana spell into a four mana spell. And, you know, you're going to start running away pretty quick with that. Yeah, I actually I actually dig this card. I, yeah, I dig it. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Creating creatures is a side effect for like not... That's the thing is that most of the time when you have effects like this, it's going to require you to have that thing in your hand in order to get the payoff. Like, uh, it, you know, like the expertise, which I'll... I'm gonna, riff that in here real quick but the like expertise cards require you to have a card in hand in order to be able to play it for free this says you know what if you don't even have that if you don't ha- meet the requirements you still create a two one yeah you get a little something, something you still it. get a little something out of it yeah so uh most notably they have an effect that sort of like um extrapolates on their expertise from way back in- oh shit yeah so they they this creature has expertise but uh, wow okay i didn't even th- i didn't even pick that up i like that actually yeah um i think this is kind of cool and uh like i can i could definitely see you know five mana extra turn spell i just think like you got to make sure you're cheating out draw spells because you are just burning up your hand with this card yeah yeah you're not getting that's the thing i guess is it doesn't refill your hand zero card advantage but for three mana if it refilled your hand it, it would, would be, be fucking busted it'd be busted that would be a cdh commander for sure um, I am notably am putting this into my Inhello deck. I'm very excited about it because we love some spell slingery nonsense. And, and fuck, do I love sacrificing two power creatures? Yes, you do. So this is pretty dang good. Every time or whenever I cast my first instant sorcery spell, if I don't want to drop something from my hand, I'll just get a free token to sack to Inhello. Love to see it. Yes, sir. Uh, the next card in multicolored Halo Forager. Yo. One, a blue and a black. It is a fairy rogue, three one flying. Whenever Halo Forger enters the battlefield, you may pay X. When you do, you may cast target instant or sorcery uh, card with mana value X from your graveyard without paying 
from a graveyard. Mm-hmm. What? So it's okay. wor- it's worse than Snapcaster, but it's better for that one reason. <laughs> yeah, without paying its mana cost. If that spell would be put into a graveyard, exile it instead. So, uh, yes, yeah, so we. Jordan said it. Snapcaster. It's pretty much Snapcaster. It doesn't have flash. That is a, a big reason why Snapcaster is powerful, but... It's one more mana with an extra pip of color. But I feel like we can't just reprint Snapcaster. You can't reprint Snapcaster. Yeah. Not like, straight up. Yep. So this is a really great utility piece that I think doesn't have that big of a like there isn't like a many requirements that are going to be needed to be met to in order to fulfill this. No. And I do. I will say like they gave you some stuff to they were like, I recognize that I can't give you Snapcaster, but here's what I can do for you. Right. You know, you get a decent body on a flyer, which is nice. It's going to start pressuring life totals as a control deck, which I'm guessing you would be in this setting. Yep. Um, And it allows you to hit any graveyard. That lets you reach outside of your color. That lets you get burn spells from red. You know, that gives a lot of flexibility um, to play into maybe a long game situation here. I think it's a good card. I don't think we should, like, you know, give up hope on it. But that being said, I already feel like Snapcaster is kind of phasing out and has been for a while now. Yeah, well, I think here, the Halo Forager, uh, where it does get better is when it enters the battlefield, you may pay X. It doesn't say when you cast this card and it enters a, you that's know, a great point when this enters a battlefield if you cast it you know pay x like there is a little bit of abuse to be had here like a displacer kitten oh, deal you yeah. know so like bro i mean we keep in, talking about as long as you have kitten. the colorless you know you can just feed it right in that's know, actually so. fucking great bro because then it's just like i don't know play my random rock flicker this trigger it's actually not the worst reanimate if someone's already tried to add nos and it's just sitting in their grave or they milled it or for whatever reason, and you're sitting there uh, with an underworld breach, or they're waiting for the underworld breach to win the game or something, just like take their adnos from their graveyard. Yeah. They're like, reanimate this. Um, God, yeah. No, it's it's good. It's good. I like that effect a lot. I would also like to talk about another blue-black creature. This one's legendary, and it also does some shenanigans with instants and sorceries. You know, I've been having a lot of fun lately. These are all my favorite things to do. Blue, black, red, <laughs> instant sorcery fuckery. Yeah, you have been wanting to talk about this one ever since it was like spoiled. I think it's just it's just an inter- interesting play pattern. If you're looking at it as a CDH thing, um, you can also play this in you know one v one four of formats and still actually have some success I've seen as well. There's some cool fucking combos you can do actually. Uh, but this is Hidetsugu and Kyrie. Two blue, blue, black. So five mana for an ogre, demon, dragon. Goddamn right it's an ogre, demon, dragon. That's so hot. It's a very cool typing. Uh, five, four, flying. I love to see flying on this. It's going to be pushing some damage. Uh, it says ETB. You get to brainstorm. Draw three, put two back. Um, That's pretty cool. And, you know, we've been talking about Displacer Kitten all the fucking time. This is just a great incidental Displacer Kitten value engine. Um. But then the real part is the second ability here. When it dies, exile the top card of your library. Target opponent loses life equal to its mana value. If it's an instant or sorcery card, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. So this just tells me that... Whoa. I just think of this kind of card, this card like mechanic, is just kind of like a hairpin trigger. Like you have it set up, you've set your trap, right? He's here on the battlefield, you've manipulated the top of your library, and now it's just like, I don't need to do anything. The the the, right. pin, the pin will drop and everything will fall. The dominoes will start falling in my favor and then I will start proceeding to win game. Um, and that's what I really like about it is it's something that doesn't really force the point and it just wins when it wins. Um, 
obviously interruptible and the such, but whatever. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, I just like there's top of deck tutors are always our worst tutor until you get to cast the top fucking card of your library for free. So, yeah. you know, in response to this mystical tutor, put an ad nauseum on top, vampiric tutor, put an ad nauseum on top. You know, this is just, or appear into the best, whatever, you know, flavor you like. Yeah. Top deck manipulation here. Top deck manipulation. And it's just, it's just fucking awesome. So, uh, the combo I was seeing was, you know, that's, you're adding red to this in a four of format. And, uh, I forget what the spell is, but it, the 10 mana spell that deals 10 damage to any target. And oh, so, yep, can't remember. But the great thing, so you just, they go from 20 life to zero in one freaking resolution <laughs> oh, of this wow. trigger. So it is so, so yeah, cool. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah. Um, I love it. That's all I'm going to say. He loves it. I love it. He I, loves it. I just like those things where I like, I can play this, set up the top and be like, oh yeah, I just have my, uh, my little sacrifice outlet here. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing with like every magic player. You see things differently as you read them because, you know, like I develop strategies that Jordan wouldn't develop and he developed strategies that I wouldn't. I, I read this card and I was like, yeah, I don't really see how good it is. You know, I don't see how it can be amazing, but mm-hmm. you've already looked into it and you've already seen like its full potential, looked into it, studied it, researched it. Um, yeah, I'm honestly like I, I I think it's a way better card than I did before. Now that you've explained <laughs> yourself, uh, we're not even gonna talk about the this Omnath because it's just I don't want to talk about it. It's just ass. Look it up. You know, uh, yeah, look it up if you really want to know about it. But it sucks. Uh, my multicolored card, and I think this is where oh I have two Invasion of Amonkhet. Yeah, is gotta talk about amazing. it. Amazing. Um, I probably the best invasion I've seen yet. Yeah, I think it is the best invasion from the set. And like that's I'm not like sugarcoating it or anything because it's one a blue and a black. When it enters the battlefield, each player mills three cards. Then each opponent discards a card, and you draw a card. So it's a two for one, right there. That's just that's a very good ability on the front side. Yep, uh, it's really it really is unreal because uh, after that, what you're gonna do is if you flip as four defense counters, if you're able to flip it, it's going to enter as Lazatep. Oh, God, what's the name? Lazatep Convert. Yep. Yep. So it comes in, and it's a 4-4. You may have Lazatep Convert enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature card in a graveyard, except it's a 4-4 black zombie in addition to its other types. So it's a play on the whole uh, eternal, like, eternalize. Eternalize, yeah. Um, I love it. Uh, oh, fuck, it's so good, dude. <laughs> it's absolutely great. And I'm glad they were able to, like, bring a little bit of Scarab Gob flavor yeah. into this set, because that's... I, this is the level of power that I'm talking about and why I think it's underrated is because Scarab God was five mana with a four mana ability that was repeatable that helped you develop and win the game. We're already seeing Covert go blue, go ahead and start to abuse this card in similar ways to what, to the way that like Scarab God was abused. Right. So if you can flicker this, that, that's the thing. So these battles, if you flicker them, they return as battles and if this enters the battlefield again, it's like, great, I'm going to, you know, they're going to, we're each going to mill. I'm going to draw a card. You're going to lose a card from your hand, you know, and then flip, <laughs> flip it back over, get another copy of something. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good uh, for an uncommon and potentially God, yeah, strong, for an uncommon too. Yeah. For this potentially the strongest battle in a one V one format. Like I, yeah. I really am impressed with this card. We're also talking, we keep talking about how good reanimator is right now. And that is mostly because of how quality 
of ETBs we have available to us right now. This was the card that Jordan was talking about, uh, or that we said we would come around to when we were talking about Atali, is that if you're playing that deck, oh, yeah. the Grixis deck that CGB was playing, then you create a copy of Atali in your graveyard, and then it flips, and then you flip an Atali, and you play another Atali. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. And like, yeah, so ETBs are so good that this entering as a copy of something in the graveyard essentially means you get to cheat the cost of an ETB. As long as it's in the graveyard and you flip this over, which is so fucking easy to do that, you know, we were talking, we've talked about multiple today. We have Atraxa. We have the new Atraxa. We have the uh, Hoarding Broodlord, you know. That's disgusting. The new Atraxa would be disgusting. In the colors, bro. Yes. Yeah. Hoarding Broodlord. Same fucking thing, you know. Like, Tutor. Yeah. These are just, this is such a good ability. Like, and I love that we have the clone abilities in blue and we have some of this graveyard stuff in black, but this is just a new ability we haven't really seen yet. We haven't quite touched this. You know, we have the uh, Necrotic Ooze that lets us get the activated abilities and we're starting to have those things. Um, whatever that black one that came out in the 40k thing, the black artifact guy. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. But like, this is a new, a new stretch, a new reach for this kind of dynamic or it's archetype that lets us steal that ETB and just have an awesome creature from our battle or from our graveyard. From any graveyard. From any graveyard, bro. I didn't even know yeah. that. That was yeah. that's that, crazy. That was why Scarab God was so insane, right? Right. You know, it's like you exile a card from the graveyard and then you get the creature. So this, that's why I'm like so stoked about it, and I'm excited to watch that C- CGB video later. You, all you did was conceptualize it to me, and it just like it really does click. But I also played the card, and it won me games. It it's, was just when it wins games one v one like that facing ability is insane. Yeah, so I played Grixis good stuff in my pre-release, and that's when I played this, and I had good Cro- man. Yeah, I had Croxa in my deck. So even though he's Mardu. I, there were a lot of treasure creation cards in this set. Plus, I had the greatest reanimation spell in a limited format in my deck, and it was this. It was literally, I got... Oh, uh, with the Croxa? Fuck. Yeah, I got, like, Duress, or the battle that Duresses, and they saw my Croxa in my hand, and they made me discard it, and I said, I have one card in my entire library that can pull that from the graveyard, and I picked it up the next turn. Oh, let's go. <laughs> like, You'd love to see it. Yeah, and so I milled more cards, and then what this does, it fed that Croxa ability, so at, later on in the game, when I finally flipped it, I ca- created a copy of Croxa, got the Croxa trigger, reanimated Croxa, got another trigger. You know, it's like, God. Yeah, oh, it's really good. Love to see it. Um, I think it's a really, really powerful card. I'm rambling now. Let's move on. Uh, what else you got? I'm about done here. Yeah, I've got Heliod. The, oh, the did we Heliod not talk about guy. this in the white set? No, 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 because he's multicolored, bro. Yeah, but I mean, so is like Atali. And we talked about in the red set. Oops. Did we just not do it? I felt like we did talk about it. Oh, God, we're so tired. I can't even remember. I don't even remember. Did we talk about this, guys? Um, well, anyway, I'll I, wait for your reply. Have, let, let's just do one more multicolor, and it won't be Heliod. I want to talk about Shalai and Halar. There we go. Because it's from the commander set, and it is my new CDH commander. It is amazing. It's amazing. It's a Naya, a, a Naya creature. So it's one, and then a red, green, and a white for a 3-3 flying vigilance angel elf that uh, says... Whenever you would put a plus one, plus one counter on a creature you control, Shalai and Alar deal one damage to target opponent. So the beautiful thing here is that there are a few combos with it. Uh, one with Heliod Suncrowned. So whenever uh, Heliod says, 
pay one in a, one in a white give target creature lifelink until end of turn and so if you have has flying and vigilance all you need to do is be able to poke over the top and then you gain life so you put a plus one plus one counter on shalai and alar that's going to trigger shalai and alar to deal one damage to each opponent guess what shalai and alar have lifelink so you're going to infinitely burn the table and kill everybody it's it's amazing for two card combos to exist like that. You can do it with Academy Rec or not Academy Rector Arena or yeah Academy Rector. You can get the healer. Oh, we have the, the library. Yep. You know, it's like it's one of the easier combos to like set up. So the Red Terror is another thing that whenever a red source you control deals damage to an opponent, put a plus one plus one counter on the Red Terror. Shalai and Alar is going to see it. You put a plus one plus one counter on the Red Terror, so it's going to deal damage. And guess what? It is a red source. So boom. Red Terror is going to get infinite plus one plus one counters. Shalina Lara is going to kill the table. Yeah, I think this is really cool because you get to do all the stuff you're already doing and have been doing in CDH in Naya. But in addition to that, you get to add two one-card win conditions, essentially. That's how I looked at it in Malcolm with Glinthorn Buccaneer, right? It's just right. once I find that, I already have Malcolm, good to fucking go. So now it's like you benefit from the typing of Heliod because now you get to search via enchantment or for creature. And guess what? I love enchantments. And you love enchantments, so you're already doing that. You might as, you're already playing, you know, the rector and stuff like that too. Yep. But he's also a creature, so you can also just use creature tutors for that. Um, and then same with the red tarot—it's like just one creature tutor away from winning the game at any moment. And now this is where it gets spicy. This is a food chain commander as well, because now whenever I put a plus one plus one counter on something, I'm gonna deal one damage with Shalai and Alar. So there are spells like uh, or like enchantments like Rhythm of the Wild that give your non-token creatures rights. So they're gonna enter the battlefield, and you'll choose to put a plus one plus one counter on them, and Shalai and Alar will see that and do and. Boom, 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 mm-hmm. Kill the table. So if you're food chaining with Squee or, or Eternal Scourge, they're going to have Riot every time they enter the battlefield. And so they'll get a plus one, plus one counter. You'll have infinite mana to infinitely cast those creatures. Kill the table. And same goes with Good Fortune Unicorn. So you can start to assemble. Not only do you have the two card combos necessary to win the game, you now also have three card combos that are just good stuff in the deck that just you know enable things you're already going for the food chain so you're you're building an enchantress shell so the fact that you can also get away with just casting squee infinitely for the dub is a pretty great side effect yeah i think this is really rad um i'm excited to see this deck i just think it you just keep getting more and more good stuff lately for Naya, and this is just fucking awesome. This has legs to it, and uh, I haven't been excited. I mean, I was, I really have just wanted to make Zakama work for a long time, and I feel like this is that the deck that I built for Zakama to exist within the deck. This just does it. It's like four different cards, and it works a lot better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's more consistent. So. Yeah, I, I think I think so, and all of these like you know one-off combos and stuff it's not like they're playing tons of bad cards for like a plus b combos everything layers and synergizes extremely well you know you one thing runs in the next and they just work together and it feeds your enchantments and you're playing walking ballista exactly already playing heliod in there yeah and like those decks already play that combo and now you're playing it because now you're playing ballista because your heliod already combos with your commander which is a way better spot to be at yeah that's way better. So yeah, I think this I think this does have legs and you know, you're already going to be playing, you know, your stacks and stuff and everything. So having a flying vigilance 3/3 three, three also, you know, it's pretty fucking sick. Yep, pressure and life totals. Plus one plus one counters are going to be flying around and you know, there's tons of stuff there. You have the new Ozolith, if I don't know if you're going to use that. Um then you have like uh just like incidental value. Esper Sentinel is going to be there so you're put <laughs> put a counter on that, you know, that's just there's counters flying fucking everywhere. Right. I think this is going to be a really cool deck. Totally. 
Uh, but that's all I got for the today. Uh, anything for left for you, Jordan? That's all I got. I just got to say, this is a cool set. I got to give it to Wizards. This is like, there's tons of stuff to talk about. I think there's lots of formats that are going to be feeling the effects of it. Uh, and it's actually going to be touching our format, which is rare and interesting. You know, it's CDH doesn't get tons of influx, but I feel yeah. like multiple cards in this set we're going to be seeing. Yeah, it's rare that, you know, we can actually contribute cards to the pool of 300. You know, I think that maybe that could right. be the tagline of it, you know, yeah. the 300. Ooh. But, yeah, right? Is you guys just witnessed the creation of something. Is this card in the 300? Um, and that can be a question we pose, but it's, yeah, it's very rare to see it. I feel like they just threw a ton of shit in a set and were like, Does this, is this balanced? We don't care. You know, and then that was exactly <laughs> how pre-release ended up happening. Yeah, that is the vibe I got distinctly. Yeah, <laughs> so like I had no idea what the synergies were at all. They're like, you have incubation. Good, cool. Plus one, plus one counter synergies. And then everything else is just, if you didn't get green, white, plus one, plus one counter, backup, whatever nonsense, you're just sitting there shooting from the hip. You're like, I hope this fucking works. And then someone just pulls like six gold cards and then it's like plays that and makes it work. And like, wow, you just fucking had everything yeah it turns out you could pull a ragavan at pre-release yeah also that yeah the chaos of the set was fun scooping to turn one ragavan <laughs> yeah i would have <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you guys for listening if you'd like to find more of the mock stars podcast you can do so in the description below remember to like subscribe and ding that little bell for notifications rate us on those podcast platforms y'all hey help hey. us with the algorithm the great algorithm the great algorithm um, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm tired, man. This really does take it out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us, y'all. This We turned one episode in two. This is the end of part two. So we, once again, never have to think of or talk about this set ever again. Hell yeah. Bye-bye. All right, y'all. Peace. <laughs>